Chris Roots does now join us from the City Morning Herald. Good morning, Christopher. Good morning, David. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, mate. Uh, great to be in Tamworth. And, well, Animo, can he make it eight Group 1s? And I saw a fantastic tweet last night. We talk about the Blue Diamond, which is on Saturday. Artorius and Animo. There you've got Artorius winning a Blue Diamond and uh, obviously now running plenty of slashing placings. And this Animo runs third, flying home that day, and he's gone on to be the big A and the champion, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, he has hasn't he? And just looking at Godolphin, he's the kingpin there now. Seven Group 1 wins has him at the top of the list, ahead of Delami, Fantastic Light, some of these great European horses, and probably doesn't get the get the attention that he warrants because he's from Australia, but that's another another thing with the handicappers. But And he's also at the top of their stakes winners. So uh, he's had a wonderful career and, you know, I think we've got to appreciate him a little bit more. He's, he's, he's starting to become a bit like a um, very elegant was, you know. Everyone, everyone just keeps winning and people just don't appreciate how good he actually is. He is. So the, what, what is the plan? Because we had a bit of a chat to James McDonald yesterday. What's the plan for, for Animo, from what you know from chatting with uh, Godolphin? Well, I think he goes here and then to the um, Ranvet Stakes, which will, which will um, allow him to go to, go to um, the Queen Elizabeth and then hopefully to Royal Ascot. I had a chat to Vin Cox yesterday um, at the moment, it's only one run overseas. It, it very much gets dependent on planes and getting them back here for to let down and start their, their next career, which for Animo will be in the breeding barn. And um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of breeders who, who, who want to go to a tough mile like him. The, that's sort of the the benchmark of a, a great stallion has been to be a good miler with a bit of speed. And he, he, he's shown that he had the progressiveness as a two-year-old. And then he was able to convert that into um, Group 1 victories up to 2,000 metres. So, you know, he's, he's got he's got nearly everything as a stallion and uh, carrying on that, that um, street boss line. Very much so. And he will be, uh, you know, very important to their stallion line. I think we've said this conversation to them before because whilst they've got a number of good horses on their roster, and we've got great horses here on all rosters at all the stud farms, but having that sort of, you know, um, bred here raced here, uh, he's going to be really popular. And, and we don't maybe sometimes have those 10 furlong stars here in Australia. And if he goes over and wins in Europe, it'll yeah, just 100%. add to the, you know, you look at a, look like, at a horse like So You Think, yeah, and exactly. that's what you're looking at. Exactly. You, you can actually compare them pretty pretty well. Like So You Think when a Cox played at three and four, and arguably um, Animo should be a Cox plate winner at three and four if, if the stewards had done their job on and at the valley a couple of years ago, so um, we'll just we just we just look at look at that and that, yeah. how successful he's been. He wasn't that popular to start with, but he, you know, that quality has just come through in in so you think stock. So now we're we're seeing how how good they can be when we see them. They're not early horses, but they're three and four year olds. I think Anime might have a bit more speed than so you think did throw a bit more speed into them than so you yeah. think. Exactly right. We're chatting with Chris Roots this morning. Chris, what about the surround stakes? Um, great chat yesterday with James McDonald, and we did officially get that golf handicap out, didn't we? So he's on record uh, now. Well, what, 14 point, was it 14.3? 14.9. He claims he's playing off 18, but, you know, when I spoke to him yesterday, but he's, um, he's, he, he's, um, he's certainly, certainly um, 
are very competitive at 14.9, I might add. <laughs> he can play. Don't worry about that. Uh, and, look, yeah. he is... Obviously, made this well. He had made this pre-commitment to um, to Zagotcha. We know how good in secret is. Good to see Huey back in town to ride in secret. Yeah, yeah. just uh, took the night off last night in Hong Kong. So just trying to chase up whether where everything's okay, might, uh, and he'll be able to get here. That'll be the that'll be the next thing. He um, didn't ride at a Happy Valley last night, but it's more than a race between these two great fillies. Like I know the market says they're the only two hopes, but this. To show what putting the right race at the right time does for Group 1, you look at this race, it's got five Group 1 winners and then it's got a horse that's been beaten a pimple twice in Group 1s in Revolutionary Miss. And we're not even talking about her. She's, she was beaten in the 1,000 Guineas and the and the um, Blue Diamond. And, you know, if she'd won that, they'd be... You know, had a little bit of luck in a blue diamond. She, there'd be six Group One winners here. It's just, a, it's just a remarkable race, and it was put up a couple of years ago, and it's actually worked. Like we need three-year-old, we need a three-year-old fillies Group One in the autumn, and this is taking that mantle, and it's going to be there for a long time. And um, I talked to James Cummings about it, and we were talking about you know what the legacy, where this race sits, and he, and he made a good point about it. He said. It hasn't been a group one for that long. So you haven't had to go there with your best fillies, but now it's a staging point for your best fillies. So you can go and race against the fillies and then you look beyond that. And that's why In Secret's looking to a new market. I don't think any horse has ever done that before, but it's mainly because of the way the program was structured. And being a group one has helped these good fillies really stay and take on, and we get to see them all against them and we... Get, to, get a mark of who's the best of the generation on Saturday. Very much so. Uh, we're chatting with Chris Roots this morning. Before we let you go, mate, we're in beautiful Tamworth. Great to hear from the racing minister just then, Mr Kevin Anderson. And what are our uh, friends south of the Murray doing? What are they doing now? Well, mate, they're just done. They've just... They, they floated massive changes and they come up with one change to move two Group 1 races to after the Melbourne after the Melbourne Cup Carnival. be interesting to see how this works for them because all the lead-up races for the 1,000 guineas are in September. So what Group 1 race will all those horses in Melbourne, those three-year-old fillies in Melbourne, head to um, when, they're, um, when they're looking for a Group 1 at the beginning of October? There's only one they can go to. I, I saw someone say, oh, the fillies will take on the Colts. You can have you, unless you're unless you're an outstanding filly, you're not taking on the cult, the best colts in Australia in the Caulfield Guineas. You're coming to Sydney. You're running in the flight stakes, racing New South racing New South Wales. I'm sure they're going to be proactive here. I'm sure the flight stakes is going to get a little bit of a boost there, boost there as well in prize money. So you know it's 1.5 for the thousand guineas now. That's um, got no lead up races. If you want to run two weeks out, you've got to run in a Maya Classic, which is a group one against the older horses. There's no 1,400 metre lead up or, or a logical lead up at the Flemington Carnival and they will not be changing their program to help, to help, help the 1,000 guineas out. So then you, you go back, it's a month out Can with I, the 1,000 guineas I think that uh, hits the nail on the head for me is that there you have, you know, what you just said where you have, uh, you know, the two clubs down there, one club won't help another club because, you know, they don't want that. I mean, so I understand, you know, they, they, they get their nose at a joint about what's happening up here and whatnot. 
But, I mean, if they can't even sort themselves out there internally, like, I mean, fair income. I mean, for the general punter the out there that's the, listening, sorry, mate, the for the problem, general... You, you go. Yeah, I think the problem down there isn't that. There's a progressive club in the Melbourne Racing Club now. They, they're, they're happy to try different things. They got lambasted down there by everyone because they took an Everest slot. Now, it turned out to be one of the best investments. Investments they, sh- they should have kept it. They should have just kept it. And but they got um, stacks of pressure from people who are on the board of Racing Victoria who 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 just hate the concept of the Everest and think that oh, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to Australian racing. Well, here's a hint for you guys. What do you what do, what do you guys talk about every time every time you get on the radio and things like that? Oh, is that an Everest horse? What are they going to be talking about after the Oakley Plate? What will they talk about after the Blue Dom on the weekend? There, there'll be there'll be one race that's that will get a fair mention, and it will be the Everest. That's how good the concept is, and that's how good it's been. Now, just picking up Group One races and dumping them at the end of at the end of um, the Flemington Carnival, it's basically the sand down Guineas meeting, but but with a couple of Group Ones. Now, I I personally think the Melbourne Racing Club is the most progressive club in the country, and they they get a global view of racing. They don't just think about Melbourne. They think about everything to go with it. They've wanted to move a few races. They understand that these races sort of could work here. They're hoping to make this day. I heard Andrew Jones say, oh, we're going to make it a day for the for the young people, uni students and school kids that are finishing school. So they're trying to attract a different audience. Um, I think, it, I think as it with anything, if you put 1.5 million on the... Um, on the um, on any race, it's um, it's going to attract horses and people are going to run in it. So you're going to have good fields, but to pick up races and not take any program with them just shows you the lack of insight that's in the headquarters at Racing Victoria. Chris, we will chat to you tomorrow on the punters panel, mate. No problems, mate.